On this episode of Locked on Lightning, the Lightning take game one up in Toronto. We talk about all that more, but first, let's play that music. You're Locked on Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. Just a reminder that this episode of Locked On Lightning is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use the code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase at Game Time. So we're talking, obviously, about Game 1 of the first round against Toronto last night. What a stellar performance! The Lightning picking up the win in Game 1, 7-3. And I said on Twitter, I mean, just this was the the first period of this game. The Lightning scored three unanswered goals. Really came out of the gates. Uh, a minute and change into this game, Pierre-Edouard Belmar cleans up in front. The Lightning take a one nothing lead. Just a picture-perfect Picture-perfect start to the game, and for two reasons. One, early on, you get on the board first in a very hostile environment in Toronto. What more can you ask for? You score early. Now, when I say score early, usually I want the Lightning to score early. I would like the first five minutes, but I'm not going to be picky here and say this was too early on. Uh, anytime you could get out to a start like this and kick the other team in the teeth as soon as before they could even get into the flow of the game is a huge plus for especially the team that is on the road. And the second reason as to why this was such a great start for them, and, and it, it was because the way this goal was scored, this was in front. Uh, you know, most times with this Lightning team, whenever they score, it's usually from outside. It's usually you know, in the, the middle of the low slot or high slot area, but this was right on the doorstep, right on the crease. And I think that is way bigger than if we were to see a stereotypical Steven Stamkos kind of goal or, you know, something of that sort where it's, it's, it's something that we normally see out of this team. Because to me at least, and let me know in the comments below because I'm very curious about this, I, I think it's very encouraging when a team scores like that, especially early on, because it shows you, the fan, or if you're watching just the team just for fun, it shows you that they're working hard and that they're taking things seriously and they're not willing to, to just let themselves settle in. Um, you know, when I say that, I mean, like, you know, they're not, they're, they're willing to go for it. They're willing to be assertive instead of letting the game come to them. And that was the lightning last night. They did a phenomenal job. Uh, one of the best periods that I've seen them play all season long. The best first period that they have played all season long. And, and really, this team came out with a bunch of energy right out of the gates. And I don't think that Toronto was at all prepared for that. I think that they felt that... All right, we got the home game. The Lightning have struggled a little bit this year. We've we've pretty much 
done a good job of beating their butts almost every single time we've played them this year. So we're good. And, you know, they, they finished the season on a, on a little bit of a bumpy slide there. And I have to say, I mean, I, you know, we all like to love, we, we all love to hate on Toronto. We all love to bash on them about their performances in the playoffs all these years. And, and, and especially, you know, the last couple of years. But if I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, I would be very concerned about not only just losing game one. I mean, I don't think they are in the grand scheme of things concerned about game one because it's one game. You know, as if, if last year's Eastern Conference final would show Lightning fans anything that you know, you got to win the whole damn thing. You know, just because you've won one game or two games in a row, it doesn't mean that you got the series locked up. Or, or on the other side of that, if you lose the first or the the two, the set, the first two, or whatever, it doesn't mean that you are out of it. So, you know, there's still a lot of hockey to play. But at the same time, if I'm a if I'm a Leafs fan, I would be very concerned more so about how my team played in the first period of this game. Uh, the lightning did pretty much whatever they wanted in this game. You saw contributions from all across the board. And I think as an opposing fan, you, you'd be concerned because we've spoken about on this show throughout the course of the season, how really what it comes down to it is that the lightning's big Achilles heel, other than the fact that they, they, they are slow starters. It's the fact that they don't, oftentimes utilize all the weapons that they have you know most nights whether it's a win or a loss we'll see the tampa bay lightning really rely on a a handful of guys now granted when some of the players that i'm about to 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 list off who scored in this game um when they contributed the game was pretty much all but over um players like Braden point his second time you know Ross Colton's goal at the end, you know, as insignificant as it was with a five-goal lead at that point, I, I I think it was significant towards Ross because I think that's huge for him. We've spoken about all season long how he's really struggled uh, to really get anything going. I really thought he was going to have a huge season this year, and he has kind of taken a step back in the offensive category. But, um yeah, this was a great play, though. This was a play that you could kind of look back on at certain points in this series where the Lightning could very well be struggling, which I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, like I said, it's one game. I'm not going to say that the <laughs> the Leafs are done yet, and I'm not going to say that the Leafs are done yet if the Lightning win tomorrow night by the same sort of fashion. What I'm saying, though, this is the kind of game where the Lightning did a lot of things that they could hang their hat on. And, and you could 100% look at the Ross Cotton goal, a cross-ice pass down the middle, uh, sets up uh, Ross Colton for an easy breakaway goal from Nick Pervix. And this is the kind of goal that can change the sway of a game, the kind of goal, the kind of play that I would figure that the Lightning will go back to if it's there, 100%. Um, but a phenomenal game all around. Braden Point, two goals in this one. Corey Perry gets a goal. Uh, the Lightning, four for eight on the power play, 39 hits. Uh, obviously, one of the storylines from this game was the hit from Bunting 
on Chernak. Uh, the injuries here as well. We'll talk about that in the second segment. But really an all-around great game. I thought Andre Vasilevsky played phenomenal. Uh, didn't really have to do too much. He had to, he had to face some traffic here and there. Um, the one goal that kind of, I wouldn't say makes me concerned, but kind of something to stick a pen in to see how maybe the, the Leafs will, will try to exploit this. But as we all know, throughout the course of the season with this lightning team, one of the things that I think has really stood out as Andre Vasilevsky has continued to get better and better and improve as the season progressed is that the Lightning haven't exactly played well in front of him. And I really think at the end of the day, that's going to be a huge, huge thing to look out for as this, this series progresses. Because I really think if you look at what the Leafs are going to try and do more and more of, and that we saw it in this game as well, uh, the Leafs were creating a ton of traffic uh, on the Nylander goal, especially Jonathan Tavares, uh, just really doing whatever he wants in, in in front of the crease. And my issue with this is that I get it. Sergeyev's trying to look up for the shot, but at the same time, and, and I forgot who the other lightning player was next on the other side, but you got to throw a body on that guy. You can't just let him stand there untouched for, for that long a time, allowing Nylander to, to basically uh, shoot from the point. I mean, this was a shot really, if, if Vasilevsky has like a sliver of some sort of vision on this shot. I think he at least touches it. And, and you know, that's more than enough for him to try and at least stop something. Uh, just a little bit of a pat on it. And, I, and I'm very confident, especially with the way he's been playing over the last couple of weeks, uh, win or lose. Like I said, I felt very good about him coming into this series. I think at, this, at the same time, as I reiterated in the crossover with Casey Hudson, as I reiterated in the crossover with the Locked On Leafs guys, um, it all really comes down to how well the guys play in front of Vasilevsky. But overall, this was a great game. Uh, you got to celebrate it. You know, I, I'm not trying to be negative, but at the same time, these are little things that I think, you know, the, uh, the other thing on top of that as well, I guess we could say if we really want to nitpick, uh, 44% in the faceoff circle where the Leafs are, are at 56 and. Eh. I'm whatever about it. It's really not a big deal to me. Um, as long as they could control the puck and control the neutral zone, which they did for uh, a fair amount of this game. Very good. Very good job of. But, you know, this was one of the best games that we have seen them play all year. Quite honestly, I was a little bit nervous uh, coming into this game, even though, yes, I did pick the Lightning to win this series in seven. You know, it's 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 the la last year, if, if we're going to take anything of substance from that, is that the Lightning are slow starters. They've been slow starters this year as well. Uh, and they've had their nights where they're very, very good, like they, they were the other night, last night. And then they're on top of that, on the other side of that, there's also games where they just look like they, they, they've been not playing up to game speed for a couple of weeks. So, you know what, as much as I want to celebrate this game, uh, I, 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 I'm very, very curious and very anxious about how the Lightning are going to come out of the gates in Game 2 as opposed to how the Leafs are going to respond in the opening seconds of Game 2. So we'll keep an eye out for that. We're obviously putting out an episode tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. And, and coming up, we're going to be talking about the, the power play. The Lightning power play has awakened 
Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about that. We're going to talk about Braden Point. Uh, there was an interesting graphic today on, uh, or it was yesterday, top five players in the playoffs, and Braden Point was on the list. So that's that's a whole other thing. And we'll also talk about the whole thing with, with Bunting and Chernak uh, in the second segment as well. But first, I want to talk about today's sponsor, and that is our friends at Game Time. Now, I love this app. If you haven't heard about Game Time, well, Guess what? Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Listen, down in Tampa, you want to go to a game last minute. Don't go to those other apps where they make you wait forever and ever and ever just to pay a ton of money just to get your tickets and not get a good view of the ice. Well, guess what? Game time is the fastest and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on the last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So moving on to our second segment, continuing talking about last night's stellar win. Uh, I'm going to sit here and just bask in the, the, the very good win that was that 7-3 win last night. And, and really, let's look at that score for a minute and, and really just take a step back and, and realize why the Lightning won this game and also why they won it by such a a large margin. And the reason really for that is two things, one of which I've mentioned early in the show, how really everybody on this team was being utilized. I mean, you know the Lightning are playing well when you are hearing Pierre-Edouard Belmar score a goal, when you're hearing that Anthony Sorelli scored a goal. Uh, when when Corey Perry is scoring a goal, and on top of that, the cherry on top is when Braden Point scored a goal. And the other reason why the Lightning won this game was because of the immense pressure they were putting on the Leafs in their own zone, forcing turnovers, as well as their ability to 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 take advantage on the the eight power plays that they had now they only went 50 percent last night which that's kind of crazy to say they only went 50 percent last night but at the same time you know four out of eight i think i said it the other night or a couple of days ago i don't know which i i was complaining uh whether it was with the leafs guys or our crossover segment with with casey hudson of uh pucks and bolts I, I was saying that coming into this series, the the power play, the special teams, was going to be such an essential part towards their success. And we saw it in this game where, yes, the Lightning got eight penalties and, and, and drew eight penalties. And, and I and I spoke about it on these – I believe I spoke about it on both crossovers. I definitely spoke about it with Casey. But what I – was my point really was that this is going to be a very highly penalized series 100 now the lightning aren't going to be able to be on the power play for eight times a night that's just not reasonable and just 
you know, I think as the series goes on, the 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 refs are going to allow the the teams to play a little bit more, which you know, depending on what side is getting maybe not as many penalties or maybe getting a call not really their way. You know, we, we might complain about it here. The guys on lockdown Leafs may complain about it more. But the point I was trying to make with that observation was the fact that it's going to be that much more important for the Tampa Bay Lightning to go out there and execute and, and to take advantages, take advantage of the opportunities given to them. And they did in this game. They scored four times, okay, power play goals going towards Cooch, uh, two of those going to point and the other going to Corey Perry. And that shows you, you know, obviously point just a playoff hero. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that in just a couple of seconds, but really just to close off my point, that's the reason why this team won. That's the, that's the reason why, even though the Leafs scored three goals in this game, you could tell they weren't skating with a whole ton of confidence. Even from the jump start, as soon as Kucherov scored that goal uh, in the closing seconds of the first period, this game was over. And on top of that, it was with a man advantage. And it's going to be so imperative for this Lightning team in order for them to get past the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not only are they going to have to be the better team on the five-on-five, five but they're going to have to be the better team on the special teams. So kind of pivoting to the whole storyline that transpired last night, uh, Michael Bunting on a puck towards the other end, towards the lightning end, um, him and Chernak were skating down the ice. And in the second period, this was about at 1540-ish. Um, Bunting lowers his, his shoulder into Eric Chernak. Uh, Chernak goes down. Chernak left the game, did not return. Um, now he's out for game two. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate and look at this from both sides. I'm going to look at this for someone objectively looking at this play. Now, one can say that as they were getting closer to the puck, Bunting was possibly expecting some contact and just bracing himself against Chernak. Okay. That could be believable, depending on who you're talking to. At the same time, I am going to read the statement that the NHL dished out. Uh, and, and in case you haven't heard, Michael Bunting was assessed a three-game suspension. So the Leafs are out without him, possibly if the Lightning go on to sweep for the rest of the series. Uh, highly unlikely, but who knows. So I'm reading it right now. This is a, This is coming from the league, by the way. This is an illegal check to the head delivered to a player who has no reason to anticipate any contact, let alone contact with sufficient force to cause an injury. The league announced in its explanation of the three-game suspension ruling on the bunting hit. Now, I'm curious. Now, I, I don't. Today has been crazy, so I'm, my my timeline might be a little bit mixed up for me, but. It is my understanding that Cooper broke the news about Chernak earlier than it was announced that Bunting was suspended. And I think that that was calculated 
by John Cooper. Now, I don't know exactly what time the hearing for bunting took place with the league, but I would imagine that Chernak being out for game two had something to do with this. I think if Chernak was playing for game two, I think that maybe bunting gets one game. But the fact that he is he left the game and now he is out for game two, who knows? I mean, this is could very well I would I would imagine would be a concussion. Or or would it, let's just I hate to assume, but it could very well be a concussion. So that means also we might be without Eric Chernak for a couple of games now. Maybe not until maybe the second game in Tampa. So what does this mean for both teams? Now, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and in case you're wondering, I'm just indifferent about it. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, injuries are going to happen. Uh, we were originally told that Tanner Janot was going to be out for game two, but it does look like he will be back uh, for game two. Uh, Esamont is out for game two, um, and Victor Hedman's going to be a game time decision. I would imagine Hedy's going to play. I would be shocked. But what I'm trying to get to with this is that injuries happen. It's just a part of the sport. It's that time of year. It happens. Now, am I going to sit here and put on my tinfoil hat and say that maybe this hit by bunting was intentional? Because then you very well put down the lightning a defenseman, a, a defenseman who has been one of the anchors all year. I can't dive into the mind of Michael Bunting and make assumptions like that. But as someone who is a fan of this team and who is majorly invested in this team and its success, looking at the footage, I would have to say that there was some sort of intention there. That's just how I look at it. Now, somebody who's a Leafs fan might look at it the other way, but I I just think that I just think that it was a it was a very very dirty play. It was a low key dirty play because I've seen that happen in other games and it doesn't even get called. So I I, I think it was the right call. I totally agree with what the league now. What I was sh- I thought he was going to get two once it was announced that Chernak. Uh, was going to be out for game two. I thought he was going to get two games. I Three, you know, that, that kind of makes your head kind of swing a little bit. Be like, whoa, like the league actually cracked down on someone for a change. Um, I'm curious as though what kind of precedent this, this sets for the rest of the playoffs because now you're looking at it this way. Are players going to be worried about, you know, playing a little bit more physically because then they could catch a two, three, possibly even more game suspension. So very interesting, uh, very interesting um, situation happening already in game one of this series. And and so I'm, I'm curious to see how things heat up over the course of the series as it progresses. So wrapping things up on the show, uh, yeah, great night from the Lightning. They're going into game two tomorrow night. We'll be back uh, tomorrow to to recap that. And 
really, you know, it's going to be an interesting game. A little bit, you're going to be missing Eric Chernak. As of now, Victor Hedman is a game time decision. Like I said, at this point now, with Chernak being out, Hedman has to play. Uh, if the Lightning go into game two and they're missing Hedman and Chernak, they're going to be really, uh, really behind the eight ball in that one. And, and I, it's going to be very tough for them to be able to, to hold down the, the, the Toronto offense. Um, so I would, I would imagine for the lines real quick before we go into the, really what I want to talk about the weird coverage with ESPN. Uh, I would imagine it's going to be Hedman, Perbix, Sergachev, Radish, Cole, and Bogosian. Um, Janot, I would imagine, is going to have to play because Esamont's now out for game two. So you slide him um, onto that third line on, on the wing with Paul and then Colton, Colton's on the other wing. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. A little bit of a different dynamic going into game two. I expect the same energy, though. I expect the same discipline. And especially on special teams, the Lightning need to be disciplined. So we'll keep an eye on that, especially if anything changes from now until game two. So wrapping things up, really looking at the – now, I don't have the graphic in front of me, but uh, ESPN, I, this was brought to my attention today. So ESPN put out a graphic prior, I guess, to the games. I guess it was yesterday. Maybe it was Monday. Um, top five players in the NHL playoffs right now. And since any since ESPN did this whole massive TV deal uh, with the NHL to cover their games, you kind of would figure that there would be a little bit more legitimacy or some sort of seriousness. And we've had an ESPN writer on this show before, uh, Greg Wyshynski, great guy, does great coverage for the league. And this is no shot at him because I don't think that, you know, it does say, I do have the graphic in front of me now, top five players in the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs via ESPN hockey analyst. I don't think Greg obviously is 100% behind this, but I'm going to read it off as, as it is. And then real quick, we'll get into it. McDavid, McKinnon, Hughes, Dreisaitl, and Allmark. One, McDavid, all right, that's fine. Don't have a problem with it. Best player in the league this year, hands down. Uh, had the Hart Trophy uh, conversation locked down back in November. Okay, moving on. Nathan McKinnon, when he's rolling on all, all cylinders, second best player by a mile in the league. And this is where it gets weird for me. Going past four and five, Dreisaitl, Allmark, that's fine. I would have been fine if it was McDavid, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, and Allmark. But you mean to tell me, now this could very well be Greg Wyshynski because he is a big-time Devils fan. You mean to tell me that Jack Hughes is the third best player in the Stanley Cup playoffs? And I tweeted this before, and if any of you haven't followed followed me on Twitter, go ahead, please, because I, I had a little bit of an interaction with the host of Locked on Devils. And don't throw shade towards him. You know, he's just defending his guy. Um, but I, I retweeted the picture and I said, you, 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 you mean to tell me that Jack Hughes is better than Braden Point? Mind you, Braden Point's not even on the list. And his reasoning was 
Broke the Devils' record for most points in a single season. Okay, fine. Led the Devils to the biggest single season points turnaround in NHL history. Plus 49. Eh, no. We're talking about individual accomplishments. And then he goes on to say Devils broke the franchise record. Has really nothing to do singularly with Jack Hughes. And then 13-game win streak, etc. I tweet back. Um saying that 51-goal season, three out of the four of those that he mentioned were team accomplishments. And Braden Point has been one of the bet, been one of the clutch, best clutch players in the postseason over the last four years. It, what, I'm, what, what the point I'm trying to say is that you would kind of figure, and then obviously the, the daily nonsense that comes out of Stephen A. Smith's mouth when it comes to hockey, you would kind of figure that ESPN, with the amount of, millions of dollars that they have invested in this venture uh, with the the NHL, you would kind of figure that they would maybe take this somewhat more seriously because, and I get it, I've worked in the business, you're preaching, you're, you're not looking at the average hockey fan, you're not looking at the diehards, you're looking at the guy, uh, the, the, the people, excuse me, that are just getting into the sport. So, I get it. People who are just getting the sport probably heard of Ethan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Drysaddle, Allmark, and Hughes, obviously, because of the Devils being a very popular team no matter where you go. I I, I just think that it the the Braden Point slander has gotten to a point of such ridiculousness where it doesn't make any sense anymore. A guy has a 51-goal season. And, and the other name that's kind of missing from this list, and, and I could one can make the argument that you really shouldn't have a goaltender on this. If you want to put a goaltender on it, then do top 10. Don't do top 5. Put David Pasternak, another player that's put up crazy numbers this year. But, yeah, I mean, this is – it's stuff like this where I don't even – sometimes when I watch lightning games in the playoffs, I'll throw on the TV broadcast and then listen to the lightning radio broadcast uh, with Dave Mishkin just so I can have some sort of actual hockey sense talking about the game instead of some of the broadcast. Then. And that's just me. Maybe some of you may like it. Let me know in the comments below what you think. Just something I needed to get off my chest. I, you know, everything was going well with with the way the Lightning won this game, and then on top of that, you know, you kind of start to get stuff rolling out. Bunting, you know, Chernak gets hurt; he's out for game two, uh, and then this nonsense rolls on my Twitter feed. So let me know: Do you agree with my sentiment? Do you disagree? Let me know in the comments below. And one, as always, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about recap game two so keep an eye on that subscribe to us on our youtube channel hit us up on our social media pages at lo underscore lightning on twitter as well as locked on underscore lightning on instagram you can follow me hit me up let me know your predictions for game two and i will talk about them tomorrow post game uh at danky dank d-e-n-k-y-d-a-n-k and we'll be back tomorrow so that's been it for this episode of locked on lightning part of the locked on podcast network i'm your host adam danker